the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Never trust a minister who owns more than one suit. I always think of that line from uh, Lenny Bruce, a comedian uh, back in the 50s, uh, when I see Al Sharpton. It's not really fair anymore to say that because uh, obviously there are plenty of good ministers out there who own more than one suit, but back when he said it, it probably uh, meant more. Uh, but, but I think Lenny might have been talking about guys like Reverend Al when he said it. Uh, Al Sharpton, he gave the eulogy at George Floyd's funeral today. And it was covered by all the networks for something like four hours. And, and I, as I kept walking by the TV and seeing it on, uh, I really didn't sit and watch the whole thing. But, but I wondered what kind of message that this, the not the funeral itself, but just the, the tone of the funeral and the length of it and the number of people who were there and the things that were being said. I just wondered what kind of message that sends to young black kids. Look, George Floyd deserves our sympathy. His family deserves our sympathy. And he deserves all the prayers that were said for him today. He's a human being, and he shouldn't be dead. And the cop who killed him deserves to spend a long time in prison, maybe the rest of his life. But should this guy be elevated to hero status because he was a victim of police brutality? And that was uh, even uh, something that was seen all over the world, obviously. That's what happens in 2020 when something like that happens. It's, it goes viral. Everybody sees it. Um, you can't blame the Black Lives Matter movement for taking advantage of the opportunity to make their point about police brutality. It's a pretty good uh, example of it. And not much. You can't find a better one. And it was there, again, for everybody to see. But at one point in the coverage today, there was a full-screen shot. It was a painting or a drawing or some kind of a depiction of George Floyd smiling as he was standing between Martin Luther King and Malcolm X, two gigantic icons in the civil rights movement. Now, this guy was a career criminal who once held a loaded gun to a pregnant woman's stomach while his friends ransacked her house looking for drugs and money. So how's it a good thing to diminish Martin Luther King and Malcolm X by putting them in a picture with George Floyd? Shouldn't the message be that Floyd didn't deserve to die? I think everybody knows that by now. But that he's probably dead because he tried to get away with a crime. Uh, that's all to be determined. But he was suspected of passing a counterfeit bill. We'll find out if that was true. And what does elevating George to martyr or icon status do to the credibility of the next real black hero or icon. George Floyd should rest in peace. The guy who killed him, Derek Chauvin, if he's found guilty in a fair trial, by the way, should rot in prison. But Floyd shouldn't be remembered as a hero or an icon. When we come back, we're going to talk about violent crime in America and how it's been going down for a long time. But there's a good chance that it's about to go up, way up. And in our second half hour, by the way, you're going to hear from a 71-year-old barber who was accused of a crime in West Virginia and went to jail. He was arrested for going back to work. He's going to be here to talk about it in our second half hour. Stick around. We're all thinking a lot more about staying safe these days. Windows R Us Pittsburgh is no different. This is John Steigerwald. When it comes to working around your home, Windows R Us remains committed to the safety of you and your family. For roofs, gutters and downspouts, siding, and, of course, windows, Windows R Us Pittsburgh can answer the call. With over 50 years of home remodeling experience, Windows R Us has earned its reputation as the area's premier exterior replacement company. And all work will be done in strict compliance with the government's social distancing guidelines. If you've had damage, you may be eligible for free repair or replacement. Visit Windows R Us Pittsburgh for a free inspection from one of their highly trained appraisers. You'll love their no-pressure approach, no hidden fees, and one of the fastest turnaround times in 
the industry. From a company that will never skip town when it comes to honoring their warranty, why pay double? Trust the area's premier exterior replacement company. That's windowsoruspittsburgh.com. windowsoruspittsburgh.com. Do you have constipation with belly pain, straining, and bloating that keeps coming back? Take the five-question gut check to see if it could be more than occasional constipation. It could be irritable bowel syndrome with constipation or IBS-C. Linzess or linaclotide is a prescription medication that treats IBS-C in adults. Linzess is not a laxative. It works differently. Linzess helps relieve belly pain and lets you have more frequent and complete bowel movements. Individual results may vary. Do not give to children less than 6, and it should not be given to children 6 to less than 18. It may harm them. Do not take Linzess if you have a bowel blockage. Get immediate help if you develop unusual or severe stomach pain, especially with bloody or black stools. The most common side effect is diarrhea, sometimes severe. If it's severe, stop taking Linzess and call your doctor right away. Other side effects include gas, stomach area pain, and swelling. Talk to your doctor about whether Linzess is right for you. Go to Linzess.com to take the five-question gut check. That's L-I-N-Z-E-S-S dot com or call 1-800-LINZESS. If your family depends on your income and something happened to you, what would happen to them? You need life insurance, and SelectQuote can help you get it at a price you can afford. SelectQuote found Jacob, 40, who's in excellent health, a 10-year, $500,000 policy for only $19 a month. Not in perfect health? Don't worry. SelectQuote found Tanya, 40, who has type 2 diabetes, a 10-year, $500,000 policy for only $32 a month. We shop companies like Protective, Prudential, American General, and others to find you the company with the best rates. Give your family the security they need at a price you can afford. For your free quote, call 1-800-880-7474. That's 1-800-880-7474. Or go to selectquote.com. That's 1-800-880-7474. Select quote. We shop, you save. Get full details on the example policies at selectquote.com slash commercials. Your premium could vary depending on your health, issue, and company, and other factors. Not available in all states. Gold. It's soaring. Are you missing it? If you have an IRA or 401k, you probably are. Less than 1% hold physical gold. We've been told by Wall Street it's for crazy people. Really? What's crazy about an asset that beats stocks two to one? I'm Adam Barada, national best-selling author of the book, Gold is a Better Way, owner of Advantage Gold, an Inc. 5000 member, and highest-rated gold IRA firm in the world. Gold is booming because gold is really about debt, and global debt is a pandemic. If you have an IRA or 401k, I want to give you my book for free. That's right, free. Call 800-900-8000. That's 800-900-8000. Learn why gold will outperform pumped-up stocks from this point forward. Turn your IRA into a wealth growth machine. Just call 800-900-8000. It's time to stop being crazy. Call 800-900-8000. The John Steigerwall Show, AM 1250, The Answer. Well, we're uh, hoping to have someone here to... um talk about violent crime and how it's about to go up and um and uh we're, he's not there so we're hoping to we'll try to get a hold of him we're trying to talk to uh brian preston of uh of um pj media and he has a piece here called uh with the headline a brief history of violent crime in america and why we're about to suffer um much more of it and it's um I mean, he's got some amazing numbers here, which I'll go through while we're waiting to get him. I hope we get a, a hold of him, but I can go through what he's come up here, uh, come up with here um, in just a second. But um, th- you know, obviously, there, there are people are there are people running around the country now saying defund the police. Uh, some people saying abolish the police, and um, it's, um, it's 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 not going to end well. Okay. And I, th- I think that uh, Brian has done a pretty good job here of um, going through this. And, and as I sit here and think, I, I think he's in Texas. And, Mike, if you're listening back there at the station, I'm going to guess that uh, he's uh, thinking 5.15 Central Time. Uh, I don't know if I put that in, this, in the email to have him. So he may – I just sent him an email. We'll see if we'll get on. Anyway, I can go through some of this. It's interesting stuff. Um, 
about how it's amazing the difference between the um, crime rate now and 30, 40, 50 years ago. Um, it's, it's go, if you go back to the 60s, the 70s, and the 80s, crime was uh, – it was it's the difference is uh, – they were going up, by the way, in, in, in the 60s, the 70s, and the 80s. Crime rates – and we're talking about violent crime now – kept going up and up and up. And uh, there was no way to stop it. And um, by by the early 1990s, the uh, murder rate, according to this story here, was increasing 5% every year. And more than 1 million Americans were uh, victims of aggravated assault every year. 1991 through 93 were the worst years for total recorded violent crime uh, in years and years. In 1991, 24,700 Americans were murdered. In 1992, it was 23,760. In 1993, uh, it was uh, 24,530. And to give you an idea about the difference, back then there were 252 million people in the United States. That was back in 1991. In 2018, there were, um, there were, our population was 327 million. But the number of murders in 2018 was 16,214 versus uh, 24,791. So, you know, the per capita is gigantic. There's a gigantic difference in the, in the per capita, but just in the raw number, 8,000 fewer murders uh, in uh, two years ago than there were back in 1991. So there's been a long uh, decline in violent crime. Um, Going back uh, to uh, you know, starting back in the early '90s until now, uh, and uh, um, I got an email here from Brian Preston, Mike. If you're listening back there, I'm here and it hasn't rung. He gives the number, and it's the number that you have. So um, I don't get it. So we'll try to get a hold of him. You can try it again, Mike. Um, but. Um, but anyway, he has the numbers here, and so obviously this is up against the um, the narrative that's out there now that we need to have, not from sane people, but from the insane people out there who are saying that um, uh, we need we need to defund the cops, and there are actually people out there uh, saying that um, uh, we need to abolish the cops, and... Um, so, I mean, why would anybody be surprised if we did that, that crime would go up? Uh, so they start. They tried a lot of things back when all those uh, violent crimes were being committed, as Brian points out here. Um, and there is um, um, no one single re- – is he there? Okay, there he is. Um, hey, my, uh, Brian, are you there? I am here. How are you doing, John? Good, good. Uh, I, I just uh, re- went through about the first uh, several paragraphs of your of your column today. Thanks for being here, by the way. Um, Thank you for having me. And um, I uh, I went through some of these numbers going back into the nineties when um, and the difference between nineteen ninety one and 2018, 20, uh, 24,000 murders as opposed to sixteen thousand murders uh, in twenty eighteen. So in, what, uh, 27 years, it, it dropped uh, a huge percentage there. and But even though as our population went up, the violent crimes went down. So uh, yeah. let's, pick it, let's pick it up to where I was there in the early 90s when it was really bad, uh, 99, yeah. uh, 90, 91, 92. And then Bill Clinton decided it was time to do something about it. So what happened? Yeah, that's right. So violent crime basically peaked in those years. 93 was probably, arguably, the worst year. It was so bad that you know, President Carter, Bill Clinton had run in 92 as a, quote, different kind of Democrat or a new kind of Democrat. One of the meanings of that was he was actually going to do something about crime because Democrats had, had consistently portrayed themselves as softer on crime. Clinton comes in and says, I'm not going to be that way. I'm going to do something different. The 94 midterms are sneaking up on the Democrats very fast, and it's looking like the Republicans are going to are going to clean house. And Republicans hadn't controlled the U.S. House in four years, so mm-hmm. Democrats ride a bill, 
and Bill Clinton signs it. It's known now as the 94 Crime Bill. It has an official name, which is a lot longer, but that 94 Crime Bill did a few things. It funded 100,000 police on our streets. It gave us mandatory minimums, um, trying to end the revolving door between prisons and streets that liberal judges um, had created. It gave us three strikes. It also gave us the assault weapons ban, which was a, kind of a ridiculous part of the law because it didn't ban any actual weapons, which I, by the way, wouldn't be in favor of. I'm a Second Amendment advocate uh, very strongly. But all the assault weapons ban really did was attack cosmetic features of the guns. Now, that law, it did pass. Clinton signed it. And violent crimes started to go down. Uh, it really probably peaked in 93, so before the bill was passed. Um, but it did go down precipitously to the point that the most recent year we have national statistics for is 2018 at this point. And from 93 to 18, according to the FBI, violent crime declined across the United States 51%. Um, that obviously is a very significant decline. And, and the reason I wrote the article yesterday was just to sort of lay out how we got to where we are in order to show how dangerous some of the ideas that are being discussed now truly are. Because we had, as I say in the article, we've been down this bloody road before. We had lenient policing policies from the 60s through up into the 90s. We had this revolving door between the prisons and the streets, which is creating or allowing recidivist criminals to go back and forth. And essentially, they would go to prison to get trained to be better criminals, and then they'd go on the streets to apply their training. It was kind of a finishing school in a lot of ways. These prisons were back in those days. And you had the drug cartels from Columbia and other places feeding drugs into our streets. You really had a lot more chaos than most Americans have ever experienced. Particularly the younger generations, they didn't live through this. They didn't live through the gun battles on our streets, such as the North Hollywood shootout in 97. So they've never seen any of this stuff. And when you have them out there now to defund the police, dismantle the police, you know, do all the things that they're talking about, these are actually some pretty dangerous ideas. And in my opinion, based on my research, what, what it's going to lead to is the bad old days of, of the 90s and even before, when you had this, this kind of control crime in places like New York, in Chicago, the downtown areas in, in Los Angeles, St. Louis, all these cities had become no zones. Uh, we think it's good. Our cities have become far safer since 94 or since 93, 94, that time frame, uh, for a lot of reasons. Um, you know, crime has gone down. I think we've taken it for granted. So, um, this, the, but, uh, the Democrats, including Joe Biden, are all running away from hmm. the, from the crime bill. Yes. That that turns yes, they are. that so how are they going to how, how would you suggest not that you're running their campaign but uh, how do you go from being very much responsible because uh, was Joe Biden was very very vocal about his support of that crime bill and saying that people need more people need to go to prison and uh, he was yeah. a tough guy now he's running away from it and now he's trying to run away from that but he's also running away from the people who were saying uh, defund the police, because he, he said the other day he doesn't want to do that either. But the, but the crime right. bill, it did work, correct? It did what it was supposed to do. It did mostly do what it was supposed to do. But if you look at a bill that was supposed to reduce crime, it certainly played a great role in that. Um, I don't claim, and I don't think anyone would claim it's the only reason crime went down, but it's certainly a major reason for it. It really sort of codified... The, the nation's priority to reduce crime, and it did some very specific things as well. Um, Biden is an interesting character because he, you can almost always gauge a good policy by what Biden is against. If he's against something, it's probably the right thing. But in the case of the crime bill of 94, he's actually mostly right on that. Uh, that was the version of Biden that had the mullet. You know, he'd already dropped out of a couple of presidential campaigns for plagiarism. He gets the mullet. He writes the crime bill. He's trying to show himself to be a tough guy. Um, it was actually a, a mostly good bill. There are parts you can you can pick at it, um, but he's in a pickle now because he wrote that bill. By the time we get to 2016 and that election, that bill was so toxic on the left that Hillary Clinton had to run away from it. She didn't even sign it; her husband signed it, but she had to run away from it. Biden is now sort of running away from that bill, as you say, but he's also not for defunding the police, which is the logic of where the left and his party are going. 
He's a curious one for them to have right now because he's actually out of touch with the base on numerous issues, including defund the police. I mean, his own advisor, AOC, is for defunding the police, and he's not. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's, 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 it's a truly terrible, toxic idea. Well, depending on how they actually do it, there are reforms that I think most people agree police departments should probably look into. Um, I've, I've advocated the demilitarization of the police for a while now. I've also advocated for um, getting unions out of police and fire departments and out of the public sector generally, but in particular out of police and fire departments because they create some dynamics that we really don't need. Um, and we see with, with police officers now, when you have a problem police officer, unions tend to make it harder to get rid of them and make it easier for them to get hired in other departments when they get in trouble in one department. So there's a lot that can be done. Biden, I don't think, is going to be the person to really advocate and stand up for anything very strongly. Um, mm-hmm. He's most likely to roll. And if these funds really picks up steam, I would expect Biden and his jelly spine to flip pretty easily. So you think Biden will eventually be on board with defunding? If, if they don't keep it down now, if they don't have some cooler heads in the party, some, some real some real authorities with some heads come out and say, This is you know, this is a bad idea. This is not a good idea. If we don't have some do that, then yeah, Biden will flip because he's not particularly principled and he's gonna go where he thinks the party is, uh, which would lead them into the wilderness as a Republican. Fine with me, but I don't like the idea of an entire national party essentially going in that direction. That's going in, a, I think, a dangerous direction for our streets. Yeah, so why would anyone doubt that less policing is going to mean uh, more crime? Why? It's obviously... <laughs> right. It's, it, it's, it's, not, it's not that tough to figure out. No, it's kind, of, it's kind of a basic idea. If you want fewer criminals running around on your streets, then you do two things. You put legitimate opposition out there to stop them, and when you catch them, you put more of them in prison. And... Mm-hmm. One of the one of the things the crime bill actually did that is now criticized, but at the time was hailed, it is increase our, our prison capacity. Uh, one of the reasons that liberal judges claimed they were letting criminals out of prison back in those days was because prisons were overcrowded. We always heard stories in the late 80s into the early 90s, prison overcrowding, prison overcrowding. That was a, a big discussion point. So the crime bill actually increased our prison capacity, and of course our prison populations went up, and that put more criminals off the streets. And if you read some of the newspapers like the New York Times and some others now, they kind of scratch their heads. Well, we're incarcerating more people, and yet crime went down. Yeah, that's the reason. <laughs> that's one of the reasons. And more police are a big part of that, too. Um, if you start taking police officers off the streets, which people are talking about in nationwide, it's happening in Austin, which is close to me, happening in San Antonio, it's happening in Los Angeles, it's happening all over. You start taking police off the streets, you're going to get more violent streets. It's that simple. Yeah, and uh, finishing up here, <clears throat> excuse me, but i got about a minute or so. Uh, to me, the big point here is that the Democrats, and I've been saying this for a while, they're, they're running around now saying it's time to end systemic racism in law enforcement. But Who's been in charge in all the big cities during all this systemic racism that they claim uh, exists? Yeah, that's an excellent question. I was just writing a piece about San Francisco, which that city may have actually stumbled on a good idea accidentally. Um, the systemic racism, if it exists there, clearly a Democratic problem because the last Republican mayor left office in 1964. Uh, in Minneapolis, the last Republican mayor left around, I think it was 68 or 73, something like that. Democrats have been in charge of these cities an average of about 45 years. Yep. And it's during and, and that Brian, time, it's worse. Yep, and, I, and I'm out of time. i got 15 seconds and a hard break. I'm glad we finished that. Uh, we we fixed the uh, confusion and got you on. I appreciate you being on. We'll do it again. Thanks. My pleasure, John. Thank you. Okay, take it easy. And that is Brian Preston, PJ Media. We'll be right back. With SRN News, I'm John Scott. The funeral service for George Floyd in Houston has ended. Hundreds had packed the church. Floyd will now be taken to Pearland for burial next to his mother. The remnants of Tropical Storm Cristobal are moving across parts of the Midwest after lashing the South. 
unleashing downpours and bringing gusty winds. Heavy rain hit Missouri this morning. And the National Weather Service says Cristobal is expected to intensify later in the day as another weather system approaches from the west and begins to interact with it. High winds are expected in Chicago by tonight. Cristobal may produce flash flooding, isolated river flooding, as well as tornadoes. Stocks are closing mixed on Wall Street as a weeks-long rally hits the brakes. The Dow fell 300 points today. The Nasdaq gained 29, but the S&P 500 was off 25. This is SRN News. If your family depends on your income and something happened to you, what would happen to them? You need life insurance, and SelectQuote can help you get it at a price you can afford. SelectQuote found Jacob, 40, who's in excellent health, a 10-year, $500,000 policy for only $19 a month. Not in perfect health? Don't worry. SelectQuote found Tanya, 40, who has type 2 diabetes, a 10-year, $500,000 policy for only $32 a month. We shop companies like Protective, Prudential, American General and others to find you the company with the best rates. Give your family the security they need at a price you can afford. For your free quote, call 1-800-880-7474. That's 1-800-880-7474. Or go to selectquote.com. That's 1-800-880-7474. Select quote. We shop, you save. Get full details on the example policies at selectquote.com slash commercials. Your premium could vary depending on your health, issuing company, and other factors. Not available in all states. Hugh Hewitt believes most of America want police. When the Democratic Party put their arms around defund the police, 75% of America, at least, said, what? Maybe it's 85%. It might be 95% of America said, are you out of your minds? Defund the police. We love the police. The Hugh Hewitt Show. Weekday mornings at 6, right before Mike Gallagher at 9 on AM 1250. The answer. Do you or your business have financial problems? Are you overwhelmed with debt? Then call me, Attorney Dennis Spire, at 412-471-7675. My legal practice concentrates on bankruptcy law, debtor rights, and tax matters. I have over 30 years' experience as a former United States Department of Justice bankruptcy attorney and lawyer in private practice. I have represented thousands of cases faced with financial problems and lawsuits. Reorganize and get a fresh start. Call 412-471-7675 or visit my website at DennisSpira.com. This is John Samick, owner of Service Master of Greater Pittsburgh. All of our cleaning and disinfection services use hospital-grade EP registered products. Contact us to provide peace of mind for your employees. Demand the yellow van. Call Service Master. This is John Samick, owner of Service Master Greater Pittsburgh. Our specialty cleaning services can provide the peace of mind your customers and employers need as your business reopens. Demand the yellow van. Call Service Master Greater Pittsburgh and schedule a consultation today. Healthy pets, healthy people, focusing on a natural, holistic approach for human and animal wellness. Host Dr. Edmund Sokowski and his guests discuss various topics on health and wellness for us and our companion animals. As each Saturday, live from 9 to 10 in the morning, on 1250 AM, The Answer, giving you the opportunity to call in with your questions. A healthy pet is a happy pet, and being healthy makes people happy. Tune in, listen, learn, be well. AM 1250 and FM 92.5, The Answer. WPGP, Pittsburgh. W223CS, Pittsburgh. The Division of Salem Media Group. Listen on The Answer mobile app, smart speakers, tune in, iHeart, or radio.com. Stuck in traffic? We've got The Answer. On the Parkway East, about five-minute delay on the inbound side, Edgewood-Swissvale to the Squirrel Hill Tunnel. We're looking good on the outbound side right now. Parkway West also moving along with no delays reported. Fire activity in Duquesne, West Grant Avenue at Homestead, Duquesne Road. On 837 Carson Street, got the center lane closed there between 1st and 3rd Streets. That's a look at traffic. I'm Jenny Robinson. AM 1250, The Answer. Weather. Tonight, partial clouds, breezy and humid. Low 72, partly sunny, breezy for tomorrow. Humid with a heavy afternoon thunderstorm, high 93. Tomorrow night, cloudy and breezy with showers and a thunderstorm, low 65. Cooler, less humid Thursday with sunshine and clouds, high 78. Clouds and sun Friday, high 80. With your AccuWeather forecast... 
I'm Andy Robb. This is the John Steigerwald Show on AM 1250. The answer. Well, when we look back on the coronavirus panic of 2020, and that's what it's going to be called, I think, uh, we're going to find a lot of stupidity, much of it done by the government, and Les Jenkins ran into some major government stupidity down in Inwood, West Virginia, not too long ago. And Les joins us now. Les, thanks for being here. Oh, you're welcome. Thank you for so, having me. So tell us, first of all, let's, tell us a little bit about your barbershop. How long have you had it? And what's your specialty there? Well, we've been at this location 10 years, and it's a general uh, barbershop. Uh, you could call it an old-time barbershop. And we do flat tops, uh, military cuts, and regular haircuts, men and boys only. Uh-huh. And um, so you have one of those, uh, what do you the, the the red, white, and blue little thing out in front? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> um, yes, so, sir. So, but you've been, you've been, have you, how long have you been a barber in Inwood? Uh, well, uh, 10 years in Inwood, but altogether about, uh, since 1969. Wow. And, and, um, so the, the, uh, the, the government decides that, um, you have to shut down all the barbershops in West Virginia. What did that mean to you? What happened? How did that come, come down on you? Well, uh, to begin with the, uh, West Virginia Barber Board, didn't bother to send any information to any shop or any salon stating that they were shutting us down. Mm-hmm. I guess they 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 uh, felt that uh, social media would take care of it, but uh-huh. I'm not on social media. I don't uh, <laughs> I don't have a computer. I don't use uh, uh, the internet. Period. Okay. And yep. um, I shut my down. Wife would, uh, my wife would like you, Les. She's never sent an email. So, yeah, uh, <laughs> I don't know how. <laughs> okay, so go ahead. Sorry. Well, that's quite right. Uh, I uh, closed down around the uh, mid of mid part of March, mm-hmm. um, and then came in and remodeled my shop uh, during that period of time. Uh, it was reported that I was open for business, and they turned it into the barber board, and they came around uh, April 22nd. Uh, well, I'm getting ahead of myself. I sent a letter to the uh, board asking them for a letter stating that they were closing me down so I could turn it over to uh, unemployment, mm-hmm. but they didn't respond to that. Um, so the barber board, uh, received a complaint and on the 22nd of April, I opened up, I cut four policemen's hair that day, two, uh, firemen and one emergency medical tech. <laughs> the next day, the next day, uh, there was a knock at the door early in the morning and it was the barber inspector. She, uh, signaled for me to come outside and told me I had to shut down. Nobody was here but me. Um, and I told her I would, I'd comply with her, uh, order, mm-hmm. but I wanted a letter from her, uh, stating that she was going to shut me down. Well, she didn't do it. She wouldn't go get a letter for me. She called the police. Why, why did you want a letter less? I wanted the letter for the, uh, unemployment office. They wanted oh, okay. verification that I was not closing on my own, that in fact mm-hmm. I was ordered closed. And, uh, the uh, two sheriff's deputies arrived and they talked to her outside and they came in and said that we want to know if you'll shut down. The barber board is requesting you shut down. And I said, I told the lady that I would uh, uh, certainly comply, but I wanted the letter and I explained to them. Well, she left and came back about an hour later and uh, lo and behold, uh, no letter. And uh, the police came in and told me that uh, she was informed by the barber board not to sign anything, and you're under arrest. <laughs> and I asked the police, "You criminal?" Yeah, I asked. Uh, I asked what I was under arrest for, and uh, the the deputy couldn't tell me. He had to call in and find out what the charge was. And uh, the charge was uh, impeding an officer in his line of duty. The whole while, there was never a 
harsh word spoken or a word spoken loudly. Mm-hmm. Uh, everything was uh, just fine. But they took me to jail and fingerprinted me, put me in a cell for about three hours, and yeah. uh, took me before a magistrate, and uh, they PR'd me. Oh, so had, I'm, I'm guessing you didn't it. actually, you haven't actually led a life of crime. So um, <laughs> being in a jail cell, I'm, I'm going to guess, was probably a new experience for you? Very new, sir. <laughs> Very new. So what are you thinking when you're sitting in a jail cell for, uh, and have, for having committed the crime of cutting a few policemen's hair? Well, you know, I saw some humor in it. I pictured myself in a cell with two big burly guys and they're talking to each other and the one says I'm in for armed robbery the other says I'm in for carjacking and they point to me and say what are you in here for and cutting hair so <laughs> so <laughs> so but you, yeah, you're yeah, I mean, when, the when they when they told you to, to first of all everybody had to shut down on the state just like everywhere else all the barbershops were closed and so you do it for a while and then you you start Money starts getting tight, as it does for everybody who has a business, that, and, uh, you know, that's where you make your living. And you're trying to do the right thing, and and you try to get the uh, the government program that uh, provides you with money that everybody was promised, and uh, that you can't get that. And then you ask for a letter so that you can show the people who were supposed to give you some money to help you out that you've been shut down, and they won't give you that. I, I still don't, I'm not understanding why they wouldn't give you a letter. Why, what was Nor, the reason for that? Well, I don't know the official reason, but I have a theory, and that theory is uh, simply this. If they sign something that they did illegally, that would put them in a position for maybe being sued. Uh, so I think that they didn't want to sign on the dotted line because of that. I, I think they were afraid to because they knew that what they were doing was wrong. And uh, I think to this day the same thing. I, I think that they were CYA. We're, we're talking to Les Jenkins. He's a barber in Inwood, West Virginia, and he got screwed by the government of West Virginia and was spent... Uh, what three hours in a jail cell for having the nerve to open his uh, to having the nerve to open his barber shop? Um, so, so you are back to working now. The, uh, how long have you been open? Yeah, uh, we opened back up on uh, May fourth. Okay, Monday, so you've May been 4th. open five or six weeks then already. Yeah, yeah. Did and, you ever get uh, any I government had, money? Never got a cent. Uh, was turned down for every program that they said was available. And, uh, I mean, there's only two of us that work in here. We're we're very small. Mm -hmm. But we we definitely needed the help, and I thought that the programs were for businesses like mine and not big businesses. But uh, we found out differently. So the it's called the WVBBC. That's the West Virginia Barber or something or other. Um, it's yeah, the West Virginia Board of Barber and Cosmetologists. See, I I, I don't know, uh, Les. I I have a little problem. I'm I'm wondering why anybody needs a license to be a barber anyway. I mean, if I come in to get a haircut from you and you do a really bad job, I'm not coming back. You know, I don't care whether oh, you you can have. You you can have a license up on the wall. If if I don't like my haircut, I'm not coming back. (laughs) Well, my license is due at the end of this month, and I'm wondering if they're going to renew me. You mean Um, they might not? They may not. Uh, I have to go before that board uh, in Charleston, West Virginia, on August 10th, and that's about a a five-and-a-half-hour drive one way uh, to their hearing. And to show you how the government uses our tax dollar, they have an office in Dunbar, West Virginia, which is a suburb of Charleston. Mm-hmm. But instead of holding the hearing there at their office, they're going to the downtown Sheraton for the hearing. Now, I don't understand why we should be paying for that. Right. Because you know, they're paying for it with somebody else's money. That's why. Well, uh, yeah. 
Yeah. Now, uh, are you so? I mean, what do you think the chances are that they would not renew your license? Uh, because you're, you're, you say you, you seem to have a pretty friendly relationship with the people who put you in jail, but you're going to be down yeah, in Charleston. I, That's I actually where the, do, yeah. Yeah, but the people down in um, Charleston you're dealing with, they don't know you. No, they don't, and they, they don't care to, I'm sure. Uh, right. The problem with them is that, to my knowledge, none of them are in this industry. None of them are cosmetologists. None of them are barbers. Uh-huh. They're appointed by the governor. Mm-hmm. And uh, the board, I don't know any of them, of course. I've never had any dealings with them except one time I got a fine for $100 for having hair on a clipper. <laughs> <laughs> That's and a big I had fine. To pay that fine. Well, I didn't want to go to Charleston to fight it, so I paid it. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's how they get you. You want to come down to Charleston? If you don't like it, drive down to Charleston. About a, that's about a four-hour drive. It's five and a half from here. Okay. Yeah, I, and, I worked uh, there for a while in Charleston. Yeah. So there's so, uh, there's a whole lot of things that are going to happen down the road. But uh, for instance, the criminal charge, which is a misdemeanor, but carries up to a year in jail. That's what uh, you could be charged five, with, right? That's correct. And um, when I left the jail that day, I asked the magistrate, when would this go to court? And he stated that as backed up as we are in Berkeley County, West Virginia, it could be a year. Mm-hmm. So much for your constitutional right of a speedy trial. Yeah, right, right. Yeah, but you, you know, <laughs> a serious crime, a crime like you committed, you know, yeah. they, uh, they need, they, there's no, I guess there should be more of a rush because, I mean, we don't want... We don't want barbers out there running loose who have been, you know, had the nerve to cut hair with, uh, you know, when the government says you can't. Uh, um, well, that's why, so that's I, why they're clearing the that's why they're clearing the jails out of felons so they can put barbers in there. Right now, uh, President Trump has um, <clears throat> he's been kind of quietly, you know, he doesn't get a lot of publicity for it. I think people who like him know that he's doing it, but you don't hear much about it in the media. But he's he's been working hard to. Um, get rid of regulations like the stupid ones that you have to deal with. Um, are, yeah. are there a lot of yeah, stupid regulations that you have to deal with aside from this, you know, the one that got you put in prison? Well, we get inspected four times a year. Mm-hmm. Uh, unlike our neighbors, Virginia and Maryland, they don't get inspected unless there's a complaint. Yeah. It sounds but like it West Virginia, four times a year. And, that in itself is a disruption of my business. I have to stop what I'm doing to appease the inspector. And uh, you always have to watch out for her. And by the way, uh, in this particular case, the inspector's husband is a prosecutor in Berkeley County, West Virginia. Okay. That's a small world down there. Um, yeah. So... What kind of things would might they be inspecting you for? I mean, uh, uh, too much hair on the floor. I mean, what 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 could they possibly find in there that the, you know your your clippers are aren't clean enough? What what would they be looking at? They look at that and they look at the hair on the floor. Uh, they check your restroom uh, for general cleanliness, like a uh, health department would. They make sure you have the proper uh, sanitizers. Mm-hmm. Uh, but all, all legitimate barbershops have all that. And you never have to worry about that because that's standard, uh, operating operation in a barbershop, uh, cleanliness now, and, and sanitation. Yeah. Now, do you have a lawyer to help you with, uh, do you need a lawyer for this trip to Charleston? No, I hired one. Uh, I have a young man that, uh, practices in Martinsburg, West Virginia. His last name is Wright, and uh, he's uh, he's doing a good job so far. He's getting ready to send some paperwork into the courts, and uh, he's uh, he's local. He's young, and uh, he was a uh, he's prior law law enforcement, and uh, quit that and went through law school, and now he's practicing locally, and he. Uh, well, I, I, th- 
I think you ought to be. I think that uh, President Trump should be made a bit should be made aware of what you're going through. Just so as an example of getting I, rid of some of the stupid regulations, so, uh, he, I he, do could, too. he could he could get a lot of mileage out of you. So, um, hey, I, I, Les, I appreciate it, man, uh, for you being on, and uh, good luck with that. And uh, you know, I hope that you're not like ashamed to walk around town down there because you're considered a criminal or anything. Um, <laughs> I've got and, a lot people of run when they see you. Like, do, they, do <laughs> want mothers hide their kids when they see you coming? Not yet. <laughs> 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 hey, Les. Not yet. Th- thanks but, a lot, and good luck. We'll, maybe we'll check in well, on you in a little while and see how you did, okay? Well, thank you very much, and the best to everybody and all your listeners. Okay, thanks. And uh, that's Les thanks. Jenkins, and uh, he's a barber in Inwood, West Virginia. Forever driving through that area. It's, I think it's up near uh, it's up near Hagerstown, Maryland, up in that area. Uh, you got to stop in and get a haircut, but uh, we'll be right back. Worried about deductibles and co-pays, dental or vision? How about elective procedures? Marley Financial has got you covered. This is John Stoggerwald. Marley Financial is now offering a new health savings account that can be used for anything health-related, anything, co-pays and deductibles, any prescription, even elective procedures. Marley's new turbocharged health savings account can set you free of high premiums and out-of-pocket expenses. There's even a company matching component that can provide two or even three to one in benefits. And because it's a contribution, not a premium, your value stays with you for the rest of your life. And if you recently lost your job and your health benefits, Marley has programs to get you the coverage you need when you need it most. Call Marley Financial today at 724-884-1496 and ask about their new turbocharged health savings account. That's 784 884 1496. Marley Financial, the most innovative agency in the marketplace at MarleyFG.com. I love golf and I also stink at golf. I've tried it all. The lessons, the special swing contraptions, the neon brush tees, the funny hats, the putting all of my change in my left pocket. I like to say I just happen to have a high golf handicap. My friends would say I have a high talent disadvantage. Luckily, while I might be fighting some disadvantages on the golf course, at our Faith and Family Mortgage Team, we're lucky to be able to serve listeners with a unique advantage. Our team is an arm of a bigger company who is a direct lender, which means our company gets to use its own money and make its own decisions within its own walls. And for you, that can mean shorter turnaround times and often a lower rate, which could save you monthly and lifelong money on a new home, refinance, or cash-out refinance. We are United Faith Mortgage. United Faith Mortgage is a DBA of United Mortgage Corp. 25 Mill Park Road, Melbourne, New York. Licensed mortgage banker. For all licensing information, go to animalistconsumeraccess.org. Corporate animalist number 1330. Equal housing lender. I license in Alaska, Hawaii, Georgia, Massachusetts, Mississippi, North Dakota, South Dakota, or Utah. We're all thinking a lot more about staying safe these days. Windows R Us Pittsburgh is no different. This is John Steigerwald. When it comes to working around your home, Windows R Us remains committed to the safety of you and your family. For roofs, gutters and downspouts, siding, and of course windows, Windows R Us Pittsburgh can answer the call. With over 50 years of home remodeling experience, Windows R Us has earned its reputation as the area's premier exterior replacement company. And all work will be done in strict compliance with the government's social distancing guidelines. If you've had damage, you may be eligible for free repair or replacement. Visit WindowsRUsPittsburgh.com for a free inspection from one of their highly trained appraisers. You'll love their no-pressure approach, no hidden fees, and one of the fastest turnaround times in the industry. From a company that will never skip town when it comes to honoring their warranty, why pay double? Trust the area's premier exterior replacement company. That's WindowsRUsPittsburgh.com. WindowsRUsPittsburgh.com. It's totally normal to be constipated with belly pain, straining, and bloating again and again. No way. Maybe it's occasional constipation. Maybe it's not. You could have a chronic condition called irritable bowel syndrome with constipation, or IBSC. Linzess, or linaclotide, is a prescription that treats IBSC in adults. Linzess works differently than laxatives to help relieve belly pain and let you have more frequent and complete bowel movements. Individual results may vary. Do not give to children less than 6, and it should not be given to children 6 to less than 18. It may harm them. Do not take Linzess if you have a bowel blockage. Get immediate help if you develop unusual or severe stomach pain, especially with bloody or black stools. The most common side effect is diarrhea, sometimes severe. If it's severe, stop taking Linzess and call your doctor right away. Other side effects include gas, stomach area pain, and swelling. 
Maybe it's not occasional constipation. Learn more at linzess.com or call 1-800-L-I-N-Z-E-S-S. You may be able to talk to a doctor online. Visit linzess.com, sponsored by Allergan and Ironwood. You're listening to The John Steigerwald Show on AM 1250, The Answer. So, um, we have a couple minutes left here. We still, um, I don't know if, excuse me, the... um, the funeral's over yet. Uh, it went on for several hours, but um, you know, Black Lives Matter has uh, gotten a lot of play out of this, and that's and rightly so. This is their this is their um, their issue, police brutality. But apparently, that's not their only issue, and people may not know about this. <clears throat> but if you if you go to the uh, to the uh, the website. Uh, Black Lives Matter, and it's called the What We Believe page, you find out that it's about um, a lot more than police brutality. They say, we are self-reflexive and do the work required to dismantle cisgender privilege. There's that cis, more privilege, not just white privilege, cisgender. I think I have that. I'm not sure. I think I'm cisgender. Uh, Cisgender privilege and uplift uh, black trans folk, especially black trans women, who continue to be disproportionately impacted by trans antagonistic violence. We build a space that affirms black women and is free from sexism, misogyny, and environments in which men are centered. Uh, we practice empathy. We engage comrades. That's their name, their word. It's a good one for a Marxist organization. We engage comrades with the intent to learn about and connect with their contexts. We make our spaces family-friendly and enable parents to fully participate with their children. We dismantle the patriarchal practice that requires mothers to work double shifts that they can mother in private, even as they participate in public justice work. And here's a good one. We disrupt the Western-prescribed nuclear family structure requirement by supporting each other as extended families and villages that collectively care for one another. It's a Marxist organization, and they don't like families. They don't like the nuclear family. It's a bad idea. So send your donations in to Black Lives Matter and see where that gets you. I'll talk to you tomorrow. The John Staggerwald Show is a production of the Answer Pittsburgh and Salem Media Group.